You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. The following podcast may contain explicit material. You have been warned. Flying towards a setting sun in a Honda Accord of Gold. The AC stringing against the funk because our socks and drawers are old. On the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway flora. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker 19, this is Drechnar the Dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for 40 straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene it can wait. We got ourselves a game con, our game's after fun. And we'll be playing all the night. Till the morning sun. Thank you for joining us for season 14, episode 14 of Happy Checks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Dave. This is Stork. And I'm Rob, and I have pie. You have pie. Lots of pie. What is that pie you brought again? It was uh, pecan hazelnut. Hazelnut Supreme. It's fucking awesome. Dave doesn't like it. Not a huge fan. Because he's a female dog, because I don't want to cuss. Rob's really? not going to cuss this episode, so I'm going to make sure the chat room's up so he can see it. I'm going to try. So I can't guarantee Troll away. <clears throat> uh, see any Anything important going on? That Oh, I, I owe you a shirt. You do? The order. Get it on your way out. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want me to mail it to you. No, no. <laughs> and can I have my $6 back? Yeah, I'll give you your $6 back. Why didn't you just ask me for a shirt? Because I wanted to make it legit. <laughs> Even though technically it was based on my story. A founder's lager. What I'm drinking is not a founder's lager. Is someone drinking a founder's lager? No. no I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Golden IPA. <coughs> I'm drinking a Stone Go-To IPA. Uh, I got a KBC IPA. And I'm drinking Red's Apple Ale because I hate IPA. <laughs> we have some non-IPAs here. We have both kinds of beer. IPA and double IPA. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you'd like to email the show, you can email it. E- Remind me to edit that out. Yeah. Uh, sure, if you'd like you to email will. us, you can email the show at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. The show sounds something is really broken, but considering I have that effect on audio setups, it might be me. The angry GM is in the chat room. Uh, is it. Uh, I think everyone else says it's okay. So it's you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's, it's the middle of tax season and he's just exhausted. He can't hear Probably. Straight. Is he too taxed to fix it? Oh. hey Oh, I was uh, counting on you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> really? No applause? No <laughs> boo? Nothing? Just, just I got, no, all I get I, is it's, a nothing. it's not worth any Crickets. <laughs> My cricket, I can't, I can never find my fucking crickets. Oh, there they are. Exfoliate. There it is. There's pills for that. Two different windows, and it's unclear which is which. Oh, I'm still, what, chat room. Uh, Let's see. Uh, If you want to listen to the show live, you can do so. We we do the show on Friday nights right now, at least through fair. Uh, Eight or 8.30 start time, and uh, roughly. And... 
you can do that at happyjacks.org slash live. Uh, it, it's a YouTube window that will show up. And then there's also a, a handy chat room. It's my mic. I need to back off a little. You're telling me I need to back off a little? Really? We're getting tips from, from him? Scratch really? coming from the audio. So it's me. Uh-oh. No, no. The other people are saying this now. Interesting. So maybe maybe th- there is. Maybe there's some some wrongness happening. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to try turning this down a little bit. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overmodulating. <laughs> so see if that this, fixed it. Is this the podcast we're going to submit for the Ennies? Because so far it's right on. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. This one or last week when everyone except Angry GM was echoed. It sounded like a Mexican commercial. It was, it was a funny episode, <laughs> though. <laughs> Ang- Angry was just... Sábado gigante! Arriba! Dos, dos, dos. Dos, dos. Dos, dos. <laughs> Angry was at the top of his game last weekend, I have to say. I, I listened to it and laughed the entire time through. It was great. Okay, I just notched down the audio, so you guys let me know if that fixed it or not. And if it didn't, then I'll notch it down a little more, because there you go. Uh... You can all, we also have a forum. You can go to happyjacks.org slash forum. And uh, there are people there that you can talk to. And you can make posts. And you can read posts. It's That's a, what happens there. It's, it's a <laughs> That's thriving very forum. Concise. People actually, we actually troll it. Well, don't troll it. We patrol it. No, there, we don't there is it is actually. It is also trolled. Okay. <laughs> but it's also active. Yes. yes. It That's is very important. Yes. Part. yes. So when you actually want good advice from the community... You go there. If you want bad advice, you write an email. <laughs> Fair Probably enough. So. Although I read that daily, and sometimes I'll chime in, and Stu does too. I do's. All right. Uh, we have a sponsor. Dun, 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 dun. It's my easyrollerdice.com. I love easyrollerdice.com, and they love us. Well, I'm happy. So. I, I actually, have, before you launch into it, mm-hmm. I, Dave and I, we, when we did the last con... Both brought our Easy Roller dice bags just in case. Right. People, People didn't, didn't have dice. Because, you know, you end up with this, what, uh, four sets of magic Monster dice? Monster bag yeah. of dice. It was awesome. Eleven full sets, I think. I, I, I took seven. a... Seven. Seven. 60, 63 full sets, I think. I don't, I don't remember. I'll read the ad copy in a second. Uh, I, I, <laughs> took a, I took two bags with me to the Game Con, and I used a set for uh, Dogs in the Vineyard. Because you use a shit ton of dice in that game. Mm. Uh, and all kinds. Because you're building these multi-dice dice pools. Do you think polygamy oh. and polyhedron sort of get combined in yes. Dogs in the Vineyard? Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow! <laughs> hey yo. <clears throat> so my D4 has sex with my D6 and my D8? Well, D8 is just called a date. Oh! Dates in the Vineyard. Yep. But at the end of the game, I put the dice I used back in the bag, and I gave it to the GM as a thank you for running it. That's sweet. Easyrollerdice.com. Tabletop gamer dating site. Oh, yeah. Looking for a D8.com. Yeah. Because we have a lot of women on that site. It would be amazing. (laughs) Do you need more dice, Dave? Uh, I'm good right now because of these people. We are. Well, if you... You you, you need more dice. (laughs) Get on that, Dave. Does a bear shit in the woods? I, I don't yes. Know, I don't know, Dave, does he? I, I know I do. <laughs> these these are no-brainer questions. Let's ignore the shitting bear for now. Thank right? you. It's a red herring. It's it's a red herring. <laughs> Starkle, shoot it first. I will! <laughs> but how would you like to get 105 high-quality factory first dice, not seconds, in 
15 complete seven dice oh. sets. We were both wrong. It was <laughs> more. It was more than I could even read. <laughs> For under $25, go to easyrollerdice.com, enter the coupon code HAPPYJACKS, all one word, and you can take an additional 10% plus free shipping. What Ooh. the fuck? They are crazy. I, that's cheaper than a Happy Jack shirt. <laughs> you wow. shut, shut your whore mouth. <laughs> We'd like to thank Rob. He's retiring from the show yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com, enter Happy Jacks at checkout. Now, they've got it in all caps, so I'm assuming it needs to be in all caps. Happy Jacks, one word, all caps. At checkout and save an additional 10%, plus free shipping. EasyRollerDice.com. We love them. And significantly not horribly slow free shipping. No. No. Because no. I didn't have a lot of time before the con when I ordered mine, and... Uh, they still arrived in time. Yeah, right they're not. They're not based in outer Zanzibar or something. Yeah, right? yeah, so they're, they're like not shipping the you dice. Well, on if they a are, they got from fast goddamn shipping. Yeah, right, right. So easy roller dice. Thank you, thank you for supporting the show. And if you want to support the show, support our sponsors, and uh, and 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 let let sponsors know that uh, advertising on Happy Jacks works. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you again to EasyRollerDice.com. It at least works on us. It do. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've got these little tiny Proctor's what? What? Pine Elliptus pastilles. Have you ever heard of these things? No. no. They're like they're for singers and public speakers. They're like little tiny that replaced in your anus. They look like they look like eighteen like hundred snake oil stuff that, <laughs> yes. that somebody would have like been <laughs> distributing do. out of a back of a. I got to practice here. Covered wagon. Yeah, yeah. Try a practice. Uh, They're they, they do guaranteed not to take care of the first stages of syphilis <laughs> <laughs> and get you a date and regrow your nose. <laughs> Try one. Would you They're proctor not, one for us? They're not delicious. I'll tell you <laughs> that. It, you know, it reminds but they do me. Clear out it all reminds the me of like the fisherman's friend cough drops. Yes. They're not. The, they don't have that much of that liquor, that really harsh licorice yeah. flavor. But did did you say fisherman's friend? Yeah. Oh, here I, this one's open. With, That's what they're called. Like, no, like anything good can't come from fishermen because well, they're stinky people. <laughs> no, no, no. These are like 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 okay. I, my experience with them was in fifth grade. I had a teacher that had a chronic cough. And they're, she they're very medicinal. Had, yes, they're very she medicinal. She always had these fishermen's friend freaking cough drops, mm -hmm. and and it was like the torture because as a kid, how long can you you'd, keep it? In your you'd want to. You'd be like, oh, I could fake it, like I have a cough and get a piece of candy, taste good. <laughs> no, because she would be like, you have a cough. Here's your only cough drop you can have in my class, and you'd put it in your mouth, and it felt like someone was shitting on your tongue <laughs> for an hour. Sounds like someone who's had a diet of nothing but black licorice is what? shitting on your tongue. How often have you had someone shit on your tongue? In, in fifth to grade. Oh, all the look, time. he just dropped he the S-bomb. dropped the S-bomb. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, right. no, defecation. It's no, no, but no, clearly you didn't go for that. Clearly. I laid it as a trap. You did. I just, <laughs> trap. just let You really know. did. I, that's why I talked about shitting on my tongue, because I figured you'd pick it up. Well, when do you yes and, and when do you say no? Oh. Email from Bakomusha. Bakumusha. Greetings, you drunkard kings of Ferret. Could you grab me a couple beers out of there? Because I'm behind. Yes. 
I'm not drinking a whole bottle of wine in this episode. I'm drinking beer. You're back to beer? Does it matter? Do you have a preference? Find the ones that have an I and an A and a P on them. <laughs> Thank you. That doesn't have an I and an A and a P on it. <sighs> Anyways, do carry on. Andy from Temecula, a.k.a. Paco Musha on the forums. Here with a question. When do you yes and, and when do you say no? I've heard horror stories from neckbeards on 4chan. <coughs> slash TG, tabletop gaming, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, board about games being quote-unquote ruined by GMs yes-anding too much. And that got me thinking, when do you say yes and when do you say no? Thanks for your advice, Andy from Temecula, or Temecula, I think. It's another right. pronunciation. Like Redlands. <laughs> Let's start on that again. Redlands. <laughs> it's Redlands. Okay. Only when you're wrong. Temecula, the Mike Rula. Temecula. <laughs> P.S. Would you share my gaming horror story? Uh, I, I would share my gaming horror story that happened to me in January of this year, but it falls under the stop sending us those kinds of horror story types, a rule that I'm partially to blame for. Yes, dude. Oh, we, don't, yeah. we don't need those. I appreciate that. Uh, P.P.S. Stu keeps bringing up the time uh, he watched me and an older gentleman who inspired... A boggard song, Long May the Burlap Wave, oh, yeah. by the way. Oh. Uh, remember, do you remember him? Yeah. No? no, you don't. Okay. Um, talk about a 3.5 Pathfinder. Uh, someone on the cast mentioned it's like two different Latin languages speaking, uh, speakers talking to each other. It's not. It's more like Castilian Spanish uh, and Mexican Spanish speakers. Castilian. Castilian. Cast- I am speaking Castilian. P-P-P-S drink, and I will see you at fair. Which we're in the, in the process of building right now. Yeah. Yay. What's this fair you speak of? You guys have never mentioned it. Ever. The Renaissance Pleasure Fair. The 53rd annual Renaissance Pleasure Fair starts April 4th, I think. Is that, is that the first Saturday in April? Yeah, that sounds right. Let me double check that. Yeah, Saturday, April 4th. You can go to REC Fair, F-A-I-R. Easter weekend. Easter weekend. RECfair.com slash SoCal for information about the fair. Hockey's Boggards will be out there. Mary Wives Windsor will be out there. Uh, let's see, uh, Sport of Tricks, uh, Kurt, who's been on, and Aya, uh, they're in that band, and, uh, uh... Dread Crew? Dread Crew, they haven't been on the show. I mean, I'd let's try, some of them roleplay, I should try to get yeah. one of them on there. Sure. I bet they do Don't more they than Don't they all live, play. like, a hundred miles away? No, some of them are local. A couple of oh. them live in L.A. okay. The, tw- the brothers? Yep. Um, they live in L.A. Well, one of the sets of brothers. They all look alike to me. Confused. Yeah, I is. was drunk, and we were talking like they suspect. drive really far. Right. Their lineage is Their suspect. lineage is a suspect. Uh, <laughs> look down the haughty nose of localism. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, we'll be at the Rogue's Reef stage three times a day, and then uh, we'll be at the Golden Jubilee. I don't know the times yet. Golden Jubilee is usually in the late afternoon, and then we're strewn throughout the day. If you live in the art, come by and say hi. That's how we met Dave and Rob. That's they, right, yeah. Yep. Come by and say and they hello. they recognized our voices. I giggled like, I know that guy. And, I still, and now they're friends. I, I still, my favorite story is how Bruce. I met Bruce. Yeah. He was just, we were randomly walking through fair, and he's walking behind us talking to somebody. And I was like, I think that's Bruce. <laughs> Only because of the voice, because, right. you know, when mm-hmm. it's essentially a radio personality, that's all you know. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what he looked like or any, who he was at all, but I was like, that's totally Bruce. Right, it is. And then we're like, somebody should pretend to be Jim Toe. Come to <laughs> kick his ass. 
Because <laughs> someone big, yeah, like like six five, <laughs> six six, big biker. Mm-hmm. I'm Jim Toe. <laughs> I hear you're Bruce. <laughs> I hear you're gunning for me. Belching this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, let me do that now before we answer his question. Uh, the, the Poxy Boggard CD has returned from shipping. And it, is, it now exists. Yay! It's in the trunk of my car. It is called Beer and Loathing. Uh, if you've been listening carefully, the last couple episodes of the show, last two or three episodes, I think I played a song... Uh, I don't know if I played one last time, but I, in the last like three episodes, I, a couple of times I played a song at the end. I snuck one in without saying anything. Ooh. So you've heard a couple previews from it. Um, that's um, not available online yet. Chances are it will be available in person at fair first. Um, I'm not sure how long it, it will take to get it up online. But uh, that's out. And... There is, when that is available online, rest assured we will tell you. And so also, you're, so yeah. you're saying people actually have to come to fair to buy it. At this point, yes. And well, I don't know when it'll be. Probably online. have to sit through a show in order to get one. I suppose you could time it so you just show up right at the end to buy the CD and run away. Yeah, I would hope you're all timid and afraid. That would yeah. be that terrible. Somebody yeah. would have to. <laughs> right. Well, like, look, I'll just buy one, rip it, and put it up online. Right. That's cool. That's that's how it works. That's why we yeah. love you. This really has been Rob Slash Show. Hasn't yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, also, if you want to buy my collection of uh, dumb gaming songs, it's uh, Once Upon a t- Once Upon a Tavern, yeah. something like that. Look for the Angry Folk Band. You can search for that on all the e sites, and it's there. There is no CD because there's there there isn't. Which have you extended the amount of songs? It's five. Okay, it's, still the well, it's, it's another set. Of it's five. another set. Oh, it's, it's another a second set. Of five. set. Yeah. Two yeah. sets of five. Are Let- you going to do a double? With the it's first only five online. Second five. I don't know what I'm going to do. You and your maths. Cut it out. I don't know. Everyone wants the, the Russian National Anthem. Yes. It's the Russian National Anthem. That thing, <laughs> I, got, I got to tell you, that thing gets stuck in my head for the rest yeah. of the day. It's a catchy anthem. It is. Those Ruskies. It's always know been good. Uh, so there's that. And um, <laughs> and there will be more CDs out, too, but the other associated bands uh, at, at various times. So anyway, back to role-playing games. Uh-huh. When do you yes and... And when is it too much guess ending? Where is the line? Because I understand what they're saying. First off, fuck neckbeards. Get get a razor and shave your neck. Right. Um, but I can see someone taking the concept of yes and too literally and saying yes to things that cause the game to lose all tension. Mm-hmm. So where 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 do you draw that line? Do you have a rule of thumb you use if you're gonna say yes or no in something? Let's start with that question. I uh, I actually wanted to back up once. Okay, one All right. step, and I wanted to say that we 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 kind of adopted the yes ending from an improv theater background. I mean, it's it's what it's what improv theater teaches you is to yes and it, and the reason that they say to say yes and is to not block income input. So somebody comes up with a great concept, and if you have something in your mind, you block it and say, no, we're going to follow my idea. If you yes and, you allow yourself to be open to this person's idea, and you're able to run with it. It's not an end in and of itself. It's a tool to get you to listen and have have a dialogue, have uh, a back and forth, or at least be open to new ideas. It is not the end in and of itself. 
Um, it's just, it's like method acting. Um, it's a tool to get you to be a better actor, but it isn't the the only reason you should be acting. No, right? no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my Christian Bale. It wasn't. Okay. That's all I got. Wow, That's that was really bad. Part. It really it was. Yeah. It sounded just like him. I could tell. Yeah. I could tell you all knew. <laughs> Are you Batman? No. Oh. So so to my mind, when it, <laughs> no. <laughs> When you're when you're yes handing too much is when you have taken it to the point where it's it it is okay not to yes hand and you if you you can yes hand yourself into a corner completely and I think that's I mean it, maybe maybe you yes hand to the point where you're like uh oh now what do I do oops well that's when you know you've taken it too far well uh, an important example that I'd kind of like to bring up is very recently the last Star Wars Traveler game that. We were playing. Mm -hmm. We were doing some investigation, and we were coming up with some ideas on how to investigate it. And Bill, who was running the game, never said, no, fuck off, you can't try that. But maybe our efforts didn't lead somewhere productive. Right. So there's a difference between saying yes and, and just giving them the keys to the kingdom, Mm. and saying yes and, it doesn't work. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's important to give people the option to try things so they're not discouraged about, well, this is shit. I can't figure out how, you know, okay. Or, you know, like when somebody's like, I want to do this. And you're like, no, you can't do that. That's that's what we're talking about is give people the, the option to do things. Mm-hmm. Don't come up with the only way that something could be solved and make your players sit there for four hours trying to guess. Right. It's It's about... Letting people wildly use their imagination and have a good time doing that, because this hobby isn't like a video game. It's not Thank a God. pre-programmed gateway that you have to follow this exact path in order to achieve the mm-hmm. goal. It's okay. Well, you could take any plan you want to get here to there, but there might be some negative consequences, or it might not work out how you hoped. But you can still try. Mm-hmm. See. But no, I was going to say, like, one of the things that I've always heard is that you can try anything. And and a lot of times I've had DMs like Gammon and stuff say that to me is, is hey, dude, can I do this? Well, you can try anything. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't, I don't know how much you're going to succeed. I don't know how much. And he sets that idea up right away in my head. So I'm like, okay, you're not stopping me, but I know that if, I, if it's cockamamie, then, then I'm going to redirect to something more, a little bit more normal. To me, um, the point of yes ending, and I think one of the early reasons why it got brought up, was when you come up with a situation where you've got a problem for the players to solve. And I've always talked about how I don't spend any time trying to come up with the solution to the problem, which sort of precludes the necessity to yes and. But because it's hard not to come up with solutions. So people will come up, will say, okay, here's the problem I've got. The GM will say, okay, here's four or five different ways they can do this. So I have stuff pre- prepared and I know, okay, these are the ways I'm going to do it. But if you're, if you are yes anding and the players come up with a solution to the problem that is different from the ones that you've anticipated, which hap- can happen a lot, it is your responsibility as a GM to look at that situation and ask yourself a couple questions. One, is it consistent with the with the setting? Is it is it setting breaking? 
If it's not, is it consistent with the physics of the world and with what, what, what everyone understands how things work? And if it remains true to the, to the setting and it makes sense within that context, then you could go ahead and let it work or give it a chance to work, right? Whereas if someone's, I mean, I mean what it doesn't mean is that you're playing a high fantasy game and someone says, well, I'm going to grab the shotgun off the wall and I'm going to shoot the guy in the head. You don't have to yes and the shotgun because you're playing a high fantasy game and you don't want to have a shotgun. Unless the GM decides, I'm going to throw a shotgun in this game at some point. Uh, and you better be ready for the ramifications of that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to allow things like that. It, does not, it is not allowing the players to run roughshod over the assumptions in the game. Um, angry GM is on there and he said, yes, and means to block a premise from being added to a scene, but all scenes need to move towards something. Good improv actors know when it's time to stop adding premises to a scene, play them out and build to an end. He's right. He's absolutely right. Yeah. And that, (laughs) that, I mean, the, 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 and if the players want to add things to the, to the narrative, as long as it's moving towards something, yeah. Go ahead and let them. As long as it makes internal sense and it's internally consistent with the game, go ahead and let them do it. That's generally the case, I think. But, I mean, there are times when I've changed whole courses of adventures because they come. someone comes up with an interesting idea. Sure. In the, in the D&D 5e game we're playing, um, they when the game originally started... Uh, the very first session, I think, they met a halfling. And the halfling, I had decided, was an agent for the bad guys who were going out and kidnapping children. But the players decided, we want to go look at the crime scenes. So they go to the crime scenes, and they start asking interesting questions. And they ask, I'll, I'll, I'll spill the beans on this. They start asking about, uh, are there any any unusual things we see in the, in the orc children? Because it was two orc children that got taken. Mm-hmm. Do you see anything unusual here? And I say, yeah, actually, yes. You see a, a doll that would normally belong to a human child. I just kind of pulled it out of my ass. Not literally. And, and they... And Nobody they, wants that doll. <laughs> and they, they glommed onto that, and they said, aha, this might be a lead. So they, and it's something I completely made up. They decided to follow it. Okay, well... That's fine. Now I need to make the toy maker, who I had n- not previously made, and I'm now going to put him in part of the, make him a part of the conspiracy. And I'm going to forget the halfling for now because the halfling they talked to him, and the halfling didn't really interest him very much, and it didn't he didn't pique any suspicion. So they went off off on a different trail, and I found another way to get into the you know main part of the story where, where the main part of the action was going to be. And let them do it and let them determine the path they took to do that. It all made sense within the story. The halfling might still be an agent of these guys. I don't know. I mean, that's something that might come out to be true or it might not. If the party ever decides to meet him again, who knows? So, to me, that's how it... That's how it should pan. Uh, and that's and that's exactly the way you're supposed to use it. It's a tool. It's not a hard and fast rule where you yes and everything. I want to jump over the Grand Canyon. Yes, and you make it. That's it, that doesn't help anybody at all. It's it's supposed to up to a point. I think yeah, you can yes and. I, I would even say that at some point you can even no but. Sure. Mm-hmm. And there are times there are times when that's 
that's fine. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, when they talk about, you know, a game is ruined because the GM yes-ands too much, that's partially true, but it's also the players asking for the moon. Right. <laughs> right. And yes, it's the GM's fault for giving it to them, but there's something sure. assholish about asking for it to begin with. It, it bothers me. Especially if you're talking about a newer GM. It, it bothers me that people glom onto these rules as hard and fast. They're not. And, and they're not flexible enough with the rules thinking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, like, oh, the Happy Jacks told us we have to yes and, and so they yes and themselves into a terrible game. I, I, that That's worrisome to me. Because it's a tool, not not an end in and of itself. It's a it's a guideline. Right. I, I, it's a it's a tool that we that GMs use in their toolbox to to open dialogue between the players to make sure that everybody you know that, that you're open to the input from them mm-hmm. that you're listening to them that you're able to pick up on ideas. That's all it's there for. That's really cool. Now I'm going to open up a bunch of beers and shoot them at people. <laughs> I love this thing. Kimmy took it away. She threatened to step on it and break it. I think that's shot because her. you shot, shot her. her. glasses. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I shot her. The, in the day face. they were bought. So, I'm actually really glad this came up because there's something that that I did, and actually, it was with you, Stork, that I've been churning over. It's very minor. It's not necessarily like it's not as meta as as Stu was talking about, as far as you know, meandering plot and things along those lines. It was something very minor when we were doing the Traveler game. You kept asking in the kitchen of this space station if there were dumb waiters to try to escape the space station. Yeah, I was just trying to get out anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. was like throwing stuff at the wall. Is there a dumb waiter? Is there an airlock? Is there, is there a service port? What? You know, and and I I killed the dumb waiter idea. I said no, and I didn't even give a no, but I I don't think I don't remember, but I said no, and and I keep going back and wondering if I should have given you that opportunity or not, because in my head the the idea that I have of this high-end, high-tech, super-new space station, it wouldn't have had such an archaic sort of construct. Absolutely. Now, what, what you can say no is if there's a good explanation about it, which is like, no, there's no dumb waiters. Dumb waiters are from 18th century, man. Come on. Th- this is something that they, they, would, they would have, you know, obviously at service robots that would take things up to other floors. Yeah, okay, so no with explanation sometimes if it makes a lot of sense and it, and it can put the players in the perspective that the GM's coming from is something that could help and could help guide. If I'm, if I'm going to say no to something, I usually explain why, and it's mm-hmm. usually in context of the world. Like when people ask for the moon and I say, well, no, you're on the lower levels. You can't actually see the sun, so you don't know what time it is. Uh, you could probably climb a building and look up or uh, find some other way. And so I will toss out things like that, and it gives them an idea of the of the environment. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. So you're not, I'm not immediately blocking, or I, I'm blocking, but I'm explaining why. And you're giving them a context where you probably will say yes. Yes. I'm okay. explaining why it is I'm saying no at this point, and there's a logical reason as to right. why. Not I just mean, a, and, and there's no. no, there's no... There's no rule that says that as a GM you have to you have to yes and some easy button that someone has come up with. Right. Well, and I think that's the problem with his email because I think people take it as an easy button and that's where they get into trouble. Right, because if you if you're playing a campaign full of easy buttons, that's a boring fucking campaign, yeah. and and I don't I don't understand why players would even ask for that because that they don't they're not going to want it. They're not going to want a game where they're where they're constantly succeeding and their success is absolutely meaningless. 
because there's no chance of failure or any danger or repercussions if they do. Well, they think they want it, but they don't really. The last time I ever play a video game is the day I type in a cheat code. Right! Right! Doom was ruined for me when I figured out AKFG, whatever the... Mm-hmm. Whatever the, the, the ID BFG yeah. actually. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. But no, yeah. I'm talking about God mode. Oh, IDKFA. IDKFA. That was it. Yeah. And that ruined the game for me. Right. And you're like, I don't even need to play this anymore because I've won. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and improperly used yes and is as bad as any cheat code because it's. Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you that I brought my orcs with miniguns. Orcs with miniguns! <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right? you, now you're imagining Jesse the body as an orc. Right. It, awesome. i got to say that yes ending can be really terrifying to a lot of GMs, you know? Allowing the players to completely take over the, the thread of the game and go off on their own is something a lot of people are not comfortable with. So sometimes... You know, they say yes and and it ruined my game because they're not oh, they're not prepared for where it's going to take them. Yeah, like in Stu's example, yeah. if if he was a dick and the party like did all this investigation down the road of finding toys and and all that, but Stu's like, no, the only way they're getting the actual plot is if they fucking figure out this halfling. Right. Like he could tell them, yeah, sure, go look for toys. You find a guy, he makes toys. Yeah, that, that some bitch orc kid stole a toy. And then ends there. Which actually, <laughs> actually is how it played out. Right, right. But you added on to the scene and right. enabled there to be some connection there mm-hmm. that led them further into the story. Right. If you had wanted to, you could have just... You could you can be a blocker without saying no. Absolutely. If you are like, sure, go ahead, you can do all this investigation and stuff, but the only way you're getting the actual story here is uh, that minor dude you talked to a while back. It's like passive railroading. Right. Yeah. Like passive-aggressive railroading. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, let's go on to the second email. Ah. Thank you very much, Bakamusha, for the uh, question and yeah. the email. Yay. ID IDKFA was full of ammo. ID oh! IDDQD was God mode. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Short topic request. <clears throat> Fear from Nicholas. That's N-I-K-L-A-S. Is that Nicholas? Nicholas? Nicholas. Nicholas? Nicholas? Okay. Uh, my party have mostly played Warhammer Fantasy RPG. In it, you run away shouting when afraid, my GM tells me. I guess that's to mirror the miniature game. However... I sometimes wish my PCs could react differently to fear. Frozen in fear, break down crying, jump into hiding. Since it's slightly homebrewed, I suggested adding some mechanics to help vary the ways a PC can react. But it's his homebrew, and he likes to keep it that way. And I guess he likes us running in fear. Don't be afraid, fear pun intended, to reopen the topic or play agency social combat dilemma we all love and know all too well. I think the the, the best fear mechanic... And I I adopted something like it a little bit for Moment of Truth, kind of, but not really. And I I should really go back and revisit it again. Uh, was L five R? Yeah, because because we it, we only got a chance to almost use it once, and you guys ran away before you actually got that had to actually make any fear checks because I foreshadowed what the 
what the encounter was, and you guys are like, "Fuck this!" Those whatever the, whatever it is that's coming at us are huge, and they were like Japanese trolls or something, which are like fifteen feet tall. They're huge, right? And there were two of them. And we had all we had used up all our spell points, and, we, and you were like in we're a tired. wagon dying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, "No, we're not taking. No, we are retreating." So, the way it works is, uh, you make a fear check, and then, however much you miss the fear check by, I think something like that, uh, you get a penalty to all the stuff that you do. All of your mental and all of your physical abilities get dropped by a, a certain number of, of points. You have a negative modifier to all of your rolls. So while it never stipulates in the rules that, okay, when you get to this point, you have to run away, it never says that. What, what, what would happen, I think, for most players who want to keep their character, they're going to look at the situation, they're going to look at their negatives on their sheet, and they're going to say... My character is no longer combat effective. Fuck this, I'm running. Sure. I've got to run. I have no choice. Um, so you create a situation where the rules aren't stipulating that you have to run, but the player is making the decision. It's not safe for me to stay here. I have to leave. And that is, that is the, to me, that is the, the most elegant way to handle fear that I've seen yet in a game. So what if a dragon casts, like, you know, his aura of fear... You just get negatives to everything you're going to do. You, yeah, that yes. You make a, you try and save. You, you make a save and versus if you it. Lose, like a, then right. it's by how much you lose is the negative applied to you. Right. In fact, I don't know. I would guess if there is any kind of fear mechanic in fifth edition, when you if if that condition is put on you, you're probably at disadvantage. Mm. So if you get a party and there's a save against fear, and you all fail it and you're facing some big, horrible thing, suddenly everyone's role is at disadvantage, you're going to look at each other and you're going to say, let's try to fight this another time. And well, you're gonna, I mean, I, I get I get where this, this guy's GM is coming from because, you know, you, you're thinking of a wall of Celts in front of Romans and they, you know, the, the Romans come through and they're failing and breaking and you break in fear and run. Right. That's, that's more of like a board game, like... Uh, morale check kind right. of thing, and that's kind of what he says here. He says, uh, yeah. I guess "It's Warhammer, the playing Warhammer Fantasy RPG, right?" Right. Yeah. Mm. I doubt the only the only thing that happens in the role playing game is that you run away screaming. Well, that's what the GM homebrewed, though. Right. And so that's what he wants. That, but go ahead. Dave. Maybe it's because the GM Dave. isn't very creative. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I think I think pulling it away from the fear mechanic and 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 brrr, hold but, it like a dick. Go ahead, talk. Okay, so yeah, I can ignore you. So, um, uh, um, so basically, <laughs> what it is is pulling it away from the fear One mechanic. I've always had a question about GMs telling my character how I should feel, or GMs telling other characters how they should feel, or you know, and and this happened. You know, I was in Bruce and Casey's game, which I totally fucked up. It was amazing, um, <laughs> but um, the game, or you fucked up in it? No, I fucked up the game. It oh. was yeah, it caused Bruce. A little bit of consternation, um, which was totally worth it. So, 
Um, but basically, at one point, something happens, and, and Bruce tells the character, oh, you know, you, you feel like you want to do this, or, or this is the emotion that it implied on you. And not, not to say that, that it was a bad thing or whatever, but I've always... Was it like a geese or something like that? No, it wasn't even that. It was just, it was just you, you see this thing, or you have this wave of emotion coming over you. I don't think there was any game aspect to it. It was just, okay. just descriptive text within how awesome or how scary something was. And I've always, I've always been a little twitchy about GMs telling a character how they feel or telling a character that they're, that they're imp- not necessarily impelled in like the, the spell way, but that they should be doing something or they want to do something. And I think this, this applies to that as well. Like in fear, okay, you run away. So, what do you guys feel about GM applying emotion to people? I've I'm I've done it in con games. I did it with Madame Madame Taro a couple of times. I said like uh, when uh, the freak show. I think it was the very first one when they were in downtown LA. They they go into what was then City Hall in the morgue, and I'm like, all right, this is like ground zero for bad mojo. You got really bad feelings about this. I mean, this is, this is. I mean, a lot of dead people and a lot of crazy people have gone through here, and you're getting a lot of auras. And I left it at that. But it, I, I don't like to... I don't want to say that I... That's different. Is it? What you're saying is, here are the sensations that you're, that you're experiencing. Okay. You're not telling the character, the player, this is how your player is interpreting it. All right, fair you're, enough. You're saying, okay, there, this is a place of very bad magic. It was a ground zero for bad mojo, which is in different LA. than saying is. you want to leave and run away right now. Okay, right. If right. you go, that I think is taking it too far. You need to set it up for the player. The only time I've actually broken that rule is playing Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, because Call of Cthulhu in the sanity thing, it's like someone snaps and starts yeah. and starts shooting everyone. Okay, so I write a little note describing kind of in context what you see, how your reality has changed. And with the players I had during that game, they look at it and they just went after it, and you guys all killed each other. <laughs> well, but it's um, called Cthulhu. But I think I, I think it's there's a lo- there's a, there's a line there that's very easy to cross as a GM when you're when you're narrating the emotions that someone is feeling, which I think you can you can do if you're talking about someone who's like a sensitive or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Then I think it's okay to say, okay, this is what you're feeling, this is what you're sensing. What they do with it. Is entirely different, right? That, How they react to it is their choice. I, you're right. I, I think I, I may I, have brought it up to that point. I felt like after I described it that I may have gone too far, which is when you started talking about it. That's the example I thought in my head, but maybe and maybe I did. I'm not sure. But you're right. There is a, there is a line and there is a fine line. There's a point where you can probably it's take easy it too to far. cross it too. Very. Um, Orc boss mentioned something that is running away from the enemy. We're talking about the L5R fear rules. Running away from the enemy is dishonorable. The rules don't generally shoehorn you into that. They don't. What they do is they they get you to the point where you are no longer effective, combat effective. You still have to make that choice. Yes, you as a you as the player need to make that choice, or your character has to make that choice. Your character also owes fealty to his daimyo and has a responsibility to not waste his your life. In a, in a hopeless fight. So if you get into a situation where you've had your fear checks and you're fighting ogres and you're, you're neg 50 to every roll or neg 30 to every roll or something astronomical where you're just like not going to win this fight, you're going to die. I don't think it's, I don't think within the context of that, 
of that setting, I don't think it's dishonorable to retreat. Tactical retreats are a, a perfectly good because uh, <laughs> you're you're squandering your life. Otherwise, yeah, but and, and you're denying your the L five R example that esoteric comes down to the exact problems we had through the whole game mm-hmm. was like every choice we made was like. A balance. Let's look at these five pillars and figure out which one we want to piss on today. Right. Like, that's, that's what we Seven. went through. And, and two and, of them you pissed on all the time. Right. But <laughs> still, it, that's that's basically what we were doing every game was like... Right. That's kind of what that game is about. Right. And yeah, that that happens. But but it still comes <laughs> down to you make a choice. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that's kind of douchey about the way this GM is running things is... Okay, well, maybe you run into something scary and it makes you afraid. Some people react to fear differently than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody turns into Shaggy from Scooby Doo and just hightails it out of there, right? Looking for some weed. Zoinks! What, what am I right? gonna do? Like other Set people, like I talked about. Right. Yeah, they might they might dive in head first and try and not knees off or something. Right. <laughs> You're gonna say his teats. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you were. No, okay. no, I was going for nards, but that didn't work out. Gnaw <laughs> yeah. his nards? Gnaw like his gnards? Awesome, it's like an awesome alliteration. <laughs> Are you Gary Gnus where no Gnus is good Gnus? It's good Gnus. Nads were nard. You would say that. Um, we could keep ramming these. So home if you I'm, want. I'm actually, I'm actually really proud of this guy about going to his GM and being like, "Look, dude, I want to do something different than yeah. run away." So I'm wondering if the GM, besides just being heavy-handed, has another reason why, and and if there's a reason to find that, and then there's a way to exploit it. Because I mean, if you bring it up again and be like, "Look, fucking hate running. Is there another thing I can do? I'm okay with pissing my pants. I'm okay with pissing your pants." Like, just is there something else that I can do? Maybe he needs to. Sit, maybe you and the the player in the GM need to sit down and make a chart of like you yeah. know ten options that we got. Maybe I can roll a d10 to figure out what my thing is. So I'm not just running away. It's hard to say. It could be. I mean, he, it sounds like he went to him and he, and the guy's like, no, no, this is the way I want my homebrew to be, which which means is you're not looking at a very collaborative guy. Maybe right. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Look, it all it takes is a little bit of water to chip away at the mightiest granite. And a million years. Yeah. Hey, I got time. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. Do the Let's other do thing this. is talk to your other players. Right. You know, talk to the other players around the table about this and be like, look, guys, are we really happy running away again? Like, maybe we should try and hunker down and fight it out. Maybe we should, you know, maybe there should be some negative to it. Or, you know, we're, right. we, we shoot more poorly because we're panicked. There are, other or, way, there are other game mechanics, ways that you can use the game mechanics to show fear other than take control of the characters and turn, make them turn around and run away. It's just not very creative. Right. It is. It's just, and it just makes a bad story. It, it, it does, especially if you're trying to play a character who's, you know, heroic and... And it's Warhammer, which means that every dude is like eight foot tall and With a right. minigun. Freaking ripped. Right. So it's fantasy. It's Warhammer fantasy, so he doesn't have a minigun. If you but play it right. He has a giant sword yeah. or a hammer. It's or the size of like, a surfboard. So really it's or, just, or like it's, a book that's bound in chains. Because it's his homebrew, <laughs> so really it's just a GM trying to humiliate his players. Maybe. Yeah. It could be. You think you're he all has bad one at specific it, huh? idea for the right. way he wants things to be. Make a deal with the GM. Every time that you run away in fear, you lose a piece of clothing. 
Just be like, how does that help? Because the GM's <laughs> not going to want to see you naked. Or maybe he will if he's into humiliating maybe, players. Maybe. I'm wow. kind of on board. That's a gaming horror story right there. My GM made me strip. Someone said, why is Rob off camera? So you've got fans out there. They want to see you. Show them hey. a little titty. How you doing? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> it's coming. It's happening. All right. Thank you very much, Nicholas, for the email. We appreciate it. <laughs> Two questions from Learn to Oil Paint. I don't know his name. He never puts his name in the email. It's learn to oil paint at something. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll read it. Well, I'm just, I don't know. We'll Fuck, go you now. pointed to me, Dick. Hello, douchebags. Your moms said hi, at least when they could talk again. Actually, it's funny because oh, I do have two moms. It's a long story. <laughs> so I'm back again. Sat at work in a new contract listening to you guys and have gone back to the very beginning and now in season three. Just listen to the cheeseburger story. Ah, the cheeseburger story. A day that will live in infamy when we read that one. Oh, so good. I'll get my three XP. Followed by the episode about rape in a game. Yeah. And then the ensuing cheeseburger rape consensual cheeseburger sex lines. <laughs> the cheeseburger. I can't. No, I won't say it. Unfortunately, I happen to be eating my lunch, so I nearly choked to death in the middle of the office. Hmm. Well, hopefully someone was there to give you the Heimlich. Uh, hopefully he wasn't eating a cheeseburger. Ooh, Heimlich. Ooh, I'm a beautiful butterfly. Candy corn. I love candy corn. Don't choke on it. That is such an underrated movie. <laughs> it makes me sad. It makes me sad that so many people that were voices in that movie are dead. Yeah. Oh, the pain. Madeline, Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Uh, the dude from Lost in Space. Jonathan oh, Harris. The pain. Oh, the pain. The no, pain. Jonathan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Harris. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah, yeah. the same way about Blazing Saddles. Jonathan Harris was not yeah, but, in Blazing but, Saddles. Bug's no. Life came out in 1998. Or it's not. Doesn't Blazing matter. Saddles came out in what eighty? No, seventy-six. 70, okay, I was. But don't use your right. science on me. But Cleavon okay. Little was was a young guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, oh, he was sexy too. He was. was. Gene Wilder is still around. <laughs> he is. Barely. He is. Good job. All right. So back to the email. You asked about play by forum. Dear Forum, I never thought this would happen to me. Yeah. And why <laughs> it is the methadone Play by, not playboy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was penthouse. I, it was penthouse yeah, fault. I, yeah, yeah. Well, we would have been corrected, so I just you realize to get there's, I was making the fucking joke based on the word. Way to yes and, Rob. Fuck. You realize there's like two generations of people probably listening to this that have no idea what the penthouse forum is. It's online. I don't Not two generations. I think so. Really? I, yeah. Hey, chat room. See if Penn That's true. Remember so that very first con we went to, and there was like an eight year old that was like, Your show's amazing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I guess there's so a couple generations. That, yeah, that's Did, did any of no you guys idea. know what Penthouse Forum is? Without, without Googling it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you know, Angry does. <clears throat> he, he's out. He's out. He couldn't hang. He said, You guys suck. You're much better when I'm there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> New York bitches. <laughs> oh, damn it, that you know, we tried to we tried to like end the East Coast West Coast rivalry, but you're not Wu Tang. It, Sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, so you asked about play by forum and why it is the methadone to gaming. Number one, point the first. I can't find enough people local for a face to face game. Farming County, 
country. farming country in the UK. Well, the UK is already a country, so I figured it'd be a county. It's a subdivision of the country where they farm. Oh, farming county. That's the county of farming? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. New farming is in Ohio. <laughs> so. <laughs> Carry on. I'm proud of that one. It's like Felching, Michigan. Oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> people a, keep coming back for more. <laughs> there was a, a a band tour shirt for this is spinal for Spinal Tap when yeah. they were on their Break Like the Wind tour, <laughs> and one of the cities was Felching, Michigan. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Genius. So good. Stu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Point the second. Online players, parentheses, voice, tend to be some of the weirdest people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, JackerCon's going on right now. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Why did I just type in Felching, Michigan? Oh, my God. <laughs> I really want to click on the images tab. <laughs> <laughs> what is there? I like how Urban Dictionary is the first. It's not, it's not Felching. It's Felch Township. Oh. Oh. <laughs> But in, in, in on the shirt, it was Felching, Michigan. Anyway, sorry. Okay. So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, for anybody who listens to this show in the next yeah. week or so, join JackerCon. It's part of the Google Plus. Right. It's uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Drismist is the theme. It's beginning to look a, a lot, lot like Drismist. Right. Swords for everyone. Uh, <laughs> and you have your happy Drismist, whatever. Signage. And DT, yeah. DT Pints, who's always active on the forum, and when he's not out crab fishing, is uh, is the uh, the man behind all of that. And uh, he doesn't need to do JackerCon anymore because he met a bunch of people by wearing his Happy Jack shirt at his rehearsal for. Uh, yeah, really? you didn't know I about didn't, this. No, you I haven't listened to any of these. Crabbing. He was he was wearing his he was wearing his Happy Jack shirt at it a was, rehearsal for. Um, it was an audition, I think. Uh, it was been, an audition for community the theater. Yeah. And they were doing um, uh, Les Mis. And he, and the, the person, let's change it to Pirates of Panzan. And the person stopped them and they said, uh, what is that? Is that about, is that about breasts or something? Said, no, it's about role-playing. And from behind it goes, oh, I like role-playing. I like role-playing. Hey, I, I used to role-play. And now they have this gaming group that all came out of that just by him wearing a shirt. Gnome Way. Yes. So he, Gnome Way? Is yeah. that from Alaska? Is that an Alaska reference? Yeah. How long have you been holding on to that? Like 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Orc boss, uh, can can you send me a um, a postcard from Felch Township since it's only two hours away from you? <laughs> Next well, time you're in town, yeah, but two I hours. I would love in to have. I would I would love to have a postcard from from Felch Township. One, one wonders what the graphic looks like. Right, uh, I do. Yes, it, uh, <laughs> what's their main industry? Yes, I'm, I'm guessing it mining. Was a... <laughs> Digging tunnels, <laughs> fracking. <laughs> 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 oh my! Go ahead. Okay. Oh my. So, point the third. <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs> I need to cut it down to just a. <laughs> you also need a. We need George Takai. Oh, oh my! I don't want to steal that because he sells that. Well, Does but he? you can yes. have you okay. can have Stork do it and record that and cut it. No, I don't want to get sued An by George homage. Takai. Oh, oh my! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Uh, number three. P 
PBF allows some players to really get into character. So play by forum, right. he abbreviated it PBF. Four. I don't have Abs- to blue that's forum. Not, that's not that's not peanut butter and felching. <laughs> you know, during oh. during Lent, that is one of my favorite things oh. to do. Giving up on, giving on up Friday. felching. No, no, no. On Fridays, you can't have meat, so you just felch. PP. <laughs> I wonder if that's <laughs> what? I wonder if that's kosher. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong What's with you people? <laughs> I, Rob's not going to swear, but he's just going to talk about felching all night long. So, I, can you go back to swearing, please? <laughs> <laughs> all right, number four. I don't have to worry about all the rules that I can't remember. In Roll Twenty, voice players get really snarky if you don't know every mechanic slash skill instantly. Especially useful for a GM for a noob GM. Point the last means I don't have to put aside eight hours to game at three a.m. in the morning. Fucking, mm, I cussed. You made me cuss because you were redundant. <laughs> I hate that. Three a.m. implies in the morning. You don't have to. I disagree. Three a.m. in the morning. If you have not gone to bed yet, no. I say it's night. No, I don't give. It's not morning I, until I've gone to sleep and woke back up. I don't care I about said your said my pedantic. piece. I counted to ten. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you and correct you on your own show. All right, good. So, 3 a.m. is When does morning. morning start? Right after somebody dies. Yeah. Mid- midnight in one second. No. So, so it's not midnight in one-tenth of a second? Sure. Why not? So anything after midnight is morning? Yeah. Because I yeah. don't agree with that. Yeah. I, think, I think 3 a.m. is still midnight. So then why would he say 3 a.m. in the morning? Because there's only one 3 a.m. Well, yes, but it's technically... It is redundant. I, I'm not disagreeing that it's not redundant. I'm just saying that, that I disagree wrong. that it's the morning. <laughs> De- it depends if it's the morning, depending on when you went. And if you're in Alaska, the sun doesn't actually set. The sun doesn't ever set unless it's winter, which never rises. rises. Okay. So you still need a reminder of the fact that it's morning. It is kind of awesome to sit there and watch the sun <laughs> just go around in a circle. Felchidic? Kind of re- Felchidic? Is that like a Harry Potter game? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you put the ball Felt through the hole. <laughs> we might get sued for that one. Yeah, I think <laughs> we careful. might. What got us on the top? Sorry. Yeah. No more felching. Yeah, please. Stork, cut it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, especially, uh, let's see, point last means I don't have to put aside eight hours to game at 3 a.m. Parentheses, everyone on Roll20 seems to want to play for six to eight hours. So to my questions, and sorry it's taken this long. Question number one, how do you guys deal with character death? How do you start them back with the party? What stats, XP levels do you give them? You have mentioned that starting a player back at level three when everyone else is 12 is douchey. Do we want to take these one at a time? Yeah, we can take them one at a time. Sure. So, gentlemen, how do you deal with character death? One level behind everybody else. Yep, I'd agree with that. uh, That's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that, I think. Put them a little behind, maybe. I mean, I would ask why put them behind at all. Well, uh, it depends on the game system and what you're doing. But like in a D and D type of game, one level behind means that the other players are rewarded for not dying, and there is a minor disadvantage to dying. Yeah, but I disagree with that. I don't want to punish people for dying. When your character dies, you lost that session. Is that what we're saying? And that's your punishment. Yes, like EverQuest, yeah. like like EverQuest, right? But but well, you do not, lose all your shit because they're you're not lost making the same yeah. person again. 
But when people die in an RPG, their friends take all their shit. That, that happens well, yeah. universally. Yes. So well, that's what a will is. It's probate. R- right. Right. So there's like a probate judge that rides the countryside. But in also, D&D. like, think of well, yeah, that would be a great character. That actually would be a good character. <laughs> so, um, so what? What I think it makes sense, right, is that a group, when somebody dies, they're obviously the group is going out and doing something. This group isn't going to come around and find a kid. Hey, like, you don't know anything, come join us. They're going to be like, what can you do to help us out so you don't end up dead like the other guy? Well, you're going to find an equal to somebody of your peers, exactly. somebody that can help you out in the party that would be close to your skill levels. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see that it's some kind of horrible thing <clears> to <throat> not make them the exact same level as everybody else. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I don't think that it's... Like some unnecessary punishment, they're still going to be effective. Mostly, they're just going to be slightly unless unless it's like the difference between level three and level two. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, but I, I think I'd still do that. But at yeah, but it's still at three and two. They're also going to catch up. Yes, that's true. Well, some of the time they're they're going to stagger. They're always going to be a little. They're going to be the same level for a while. Then they're going to be a level behind for a while. And then they're back to the right. same level. <coughs> I just don't see the need. Patient. I don't see the need. Yeah, I... I, there, I could go either way, but I, I still that. don't see that it would be bad to be like, no, you know what? It's just it's much better to just make the player leave the game. Surprise, and, and commit suicide. This right. reminds me of that video. In fact, it was referenced in the last... I think it was the last podcast, maybe the one before. You guys forgot about it. It's that it's from Canada... And it's about the the long running uh, game, and they bring one of the players back, and and he lots his Boba player Fett, Boba Fett, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he makes a new character, Boba Fett, and instead of starting out at level twenty three, where the rest of the characters, maybe he's like a level five thief, right? Right, he, and he appears in the jungle in the, <coughs> with, his, with his helmet on and like a loincloth, and that's it. And yet he still manages to, because he gets the boots of stalking. Oh, that's right. I, I, I got to watch that again. Yeah. That's very funny. It's hysterical. But it was actually referenced in one of the last podcasts that you guys didn't remember. It was in, it was in one of the emails, and I oh, was listening okay. to it later. I went, oh, it's the Boba Fett reference. But, see, and, and that's a great example of douchebaggery, because here's this you know, here's this guy. He's like, well, I lost my character, and so, well, you get to start all over again at level, you know, three. And how long, uh, how, uh, what level are you guys? 23. We've been playing since college. Oh. Oh, Okay. So immediately, combat starts. He goes and runs and hides, right? And then he does get a lot of XP, right? Because he killed one guy and leveled up, like a lot, right? But it, it why why would you start somebody at that big of a deficit if, if after? Oh, you know, I, we're all in agreement on that. I think. I know. Yeah. 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 And I think the the biggest challenge for me is as far as character death is how to integrate it back in the group because it's, you're not just going to drop somebody you know say the guy dies in the middle of a dungeon or something and be like look and I, we've talked about this on the podcast or different hosts have talked about it on the podcast in the past but you're not going to drop somebody there and be like okay you immediately trust this prisoner that you've suddenly found you know to not backstab you in amongst all these enemies you, you, you just got to yes and it yeah I, well I think the players have to yes and it more than the GM does yeah. well yeah Absolutely. I mean that, and if I mean if finding someone who's you know locked up in a prison in the middle of a dungeon stands to reason that they're probably going to you know 
be on your side. Feel like they might owe you something. Well, they'll be on your side because obviously they got locked up there and they might even know stuff that you might need to know. Like, I know how to get out of here, Ryan. Yeah. Question two. So, question two. I've started running some Star Wars Age of Rebellion games based around A New Hope, otherwise known as Episode 4. And I enjoyed them as they are generally heroic. However, after listening to your podcast, I'm wondering about running a more gritty game, pre-episode 4 with smugglers and pirates, etc. This would be much more a game of getting money, (coughs) buying upgrades, running jobs, etc. I'm thinking of using Star Wars Traveler for character creation, or the... Fantasy Fantasy flight flight games. games, Thank you. Uh, Edge of Empire rules, but that's incidental. The main trouble I'm having is with with creating an overarching story. The in-between encounters I'm able to think of, but I'm not sure what the overall plan should be. Any ideas, good books, source materials to follow. So I want to take this because I I like Star Wars. And I mean, like, Dave, I think Dave and I are hopefully on the same page with this, but if you go and look at, like, the... Not only the Han Solo trilogy from the late 90s, but also the Han Solo trilogy from the early 80s. It was written by... Uh, Brian, Brian Davey? Uh, Han Solo at Star's End? Yeah, uh, at Star's Day- End. Daily, right? Yeah, Brian yeah. Daly, yeah. So the one that died. Yeah, he's dead. Well, I mean, the, like, he died very close proximity to the books. I think so, yeah. yeah. So they, they what they do, and it's very interesting because it's, it's pre-episode four, but they, they paint a picture of what Han Solo had to do, and, so, and some of the adventures are fairly grandiose, but it gives you this sense of what he had to do to scrape and struggle by and how he got the Falcon and, and some of the characters that he had to meet and some of the, you know, the ways that he got some of the upgrades of the Falcon that made this, this fantastic machine by the time Episode 4 rolls around. So basically it was, it was very street level. It was very gritty. I think that there's other things along the lines in like the Rogue Squadron series when they're, with, when they're at Coruscant and going through all the different levels of the Imperial planet and stuff like that and really digging into it. But, I mean, in all honesty, your source material could, for Star Wars can come from anywhere because you can make like a, a gritty noir-style detective thing within the Star Wars universe. You could do... You sure. could do... Um, uh, what was I thinking of? I lost it completely. You, but, but you could t- you could take story you could take stories from like old west yeah like like gun fi- smoke and shit fist like that. full of dollars right <clears throat> now the, the, he happens to be mentioning uh, that's I, if, correct me if I'm wrong that's where Star Wars Rebels is set isn't it isn't yeah it? that's it's the time yeah. between yeah. three yeah. and four and that, and that does a fairly good job of talking about that kind of stuff it's very flyer fireflyish it's very traveler yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where it's, you know you're there's a little crew you've got on a, a ship, ship you have Expenses, you've got to keep, you got to make, keep, keep up your fuel and your supplies and your fresh water. And mm-hmm. you have to, <clears throat> you have to be able to, to find your way through the, through the galaxy to do that. And the, and the Star Wars galaxy, it's a whole galaxy too. So I'm going to go one yeah. step further. And speaking of Traveler and Star Wars, our friend Bill mm-hmm. has, uh, reskinned Traveler. But, you know, he knows about that because yeah. he mentions it. All right. I would run it in that because it really is, it's a wonderful thing to do and he's done a lot of work and on it. And it's gritty as shit. It, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> Um, my other thought on this is 
just because it's Star Wars doesn't mean you have to have Jedi. Doesn't mean you have to. You can run an entire game that's all street level based. It's all yep. bounty hunters. The bounty hunters don't even need to be interacting with the Empire that much. The Empire could be de- in the core worlds dealing with their stuff. You could be way out on the fringes. Yeah, you just trying to make a living. Anybody. Well, right. uh, like, the other one. The other not one every that, bounty is Darth Vader being like, "Go get some shit." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but not only that is is the there's a great book called Tales of the Empire, which is basically yeah. like low-level civil servants and and some of the shit that they come across that doesn't have Jedi, that doesn't have all this stuff, and it's just bureaucracy with crazy adventures. I, yeah, I was totally going to say the there was another one called Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. That was so good. That was a great book because yeah. it's literally all these little short stories put together about all of the random characters you saw just flash by in the oh, background. Really? Yeah. So it's like shit that you, like, maybe that character got a name only because they made an action figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's they weren't ever in the like in the in the script in the script with a name. It was just oh look, we're we're making more action figures because these sell like crazy. Here, uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, here, Forlom. Yeah, so Who it's all of these, either? all of these random background characters from there. But it's that's the environment they're in. Is they're all these scum, low level criminals and random people that just happen to be on Tatooine in this shitty bar, right? So like it would that would probably be a really good read, and there's little short stories. So yeah. like even mm-hmm. if you pick up the book, you don't have to read the whole thing to get the picture. You can come up with something like that, then make your your own backwater planet, your own cantina, and yeah. start yeah. start from there. It really is. It's a western. Um, I was trying to remember what the remember the movie Outland with Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's based on High Noon. Uh, the, uh, the 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 which is a cowboy movie. It's about a, a sheriff who's trying to uphold the law, and he ends up having yeah, to face fair. off a corrupt government. It's high noon okay. in space, the, and you would I never. I think have you're known right that. because remember they send the assassins That's later right. on. They all come. They all come in right. Absolutely, nobody caught that in the movie. But when you watch it, it's exactly the same plot of high noon. There's no reason you can't do the high noon in Star Wars. It, it, it translates really well, and the Empire never even has to enter into it. You're yep. just in a small backwater town trying to keep the peace, or and or you're the bounty hunter that has to go kill the the lead. You don't even ever have to run into a Jedi, and it can be a lot of fun, and it's still Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you're thinking about doing the character creation in Star Wars Traveler, that'll give you a shit ton of story ideas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. So let your players <clears throat> sit down and go through that whole process oh, uh, yeah. and uh, see what you get. And I would caution you not to do a lot of game prep until you've gone right, through yes. the character creation yes. because you may end up throwing that shit out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so if you guys if you guys wanted to do a gritty game since you guys have all experienced Star Wars Travelers character creation, would you limit classes like would you say no Jedi, no well, you, other stuff? In the Star Wars Traveler the only way you end up with a Jedi is the random super weird random out there roles. Okay. You can't ever choose to be like I'm going to take points and be in the force sensitive. Okay. Well, that's like, that's what I would say is like I wouldn't. Dave I would studied say, the book like a munchkin. I would say. Well, I know. Um, yeah. I would and say then that, the dice led me down the one path that would. I would say that if you roll to become force, you wouldn't become a Sith or a Jedi. You would become force sensitive. Okay. And which would make you and, and they, you could still be gritty and you might have a force power, but you're untrained. Yeah. You're a wild rogue, wild magic kind of thing. Okay. And there's nothing you can do. To say, I'm going to make a Force character. Right. Right. All you can do is say, it's, do like Dave did and say, I'm going to pick this career because it has a slightly better chance of, of, of I resulting even, in that. I didn't even do that. Oh, you didn't even do that? No. And he had to roll like a 12 or something to get that, didn't like, you? Like, I had to roll a series of two 12s, I think. Right. 
it was like I got the random like life event, and then I rolled on the life event table and got like you're stranded on a moon with a weird little alien. Happens to teach you the force, right? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. don't don't try to plan your campaign unless no. if you're using this if you're using Traveler, don't try to plan your campaign first. You may end up wasting your time. You yeah. may end up with an archduke. Right. <clears throat> so, who is still my favorite guy? Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Learn to oil paint, which I dub the lot. Lop. 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 How about just lop? Just drop the two. Okay. Lop. Like a, like a bunny. Oh, sure, yeah. Lop. Confessions from Michael. So I have a confession. My college days of GMing were less than stellar. You're just rocking me out, Stuart. What was that, your turn? <laughs> you just fucking hosed Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't read anything yet. I thought you read already. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you. I had, the, like, the sh- I had like the shortest email. I felt like... Stork is, this, is a senior member. It's, uh, he, he, he can, right. he he can, can push overrule. you to the no, like, no, go ahead. Go right ahead. If you want to split this one... No, I, I can barely see. That's what you, do, <laughs> you look awfully sniffly. <laughs> I am awfully sniffly. My allergies have been kicking my ass. I have the sniffle filter on right now. He's like a snuffleupagus. <laughs> is there really a button? No. Oh. That makes me sad. I wish there was. There's <clears> a sore <throat> button. Read your email. So, <laughs> Christ. You, you wanted it so bad. Read that goddamn <laughs> what thing. What the hell? You just got told. Like, straight up. So I have a confession. My oh. college days of GMing were less than stellar. As much as I would love to deny it, the horror stories, the horror of the stories, had a great deal to do with me. I've always been in favor of player happiness, for the most part, and strove for everyone to have fun. The problem shows up because I was just out of high school. In high school, I was the one that had... Uh, I lost and my introduced my friends to D&D. That introduced my friends to D&D. Uh, we got in during 3.0, the age of the prestige class. Yes. Hmm. Uh, being in high school, we were all very much going through the typical meet at the tavern and go kill shit. Uh, We were all starting to transition to a more narrative game style, though. Once in college, I became the GM for a group there. I also started drinking. I quickly stopped doing anything but drinking. My grades plummeted and then began to burrow. (laughs) I did so little to no prep for the games that whatever prep I did do was, uh, okay, uh, there's a thing here with uh, troglodytes and fireballs, and that's about it. Uh, that would be fine, except for the part where I still had that idea of a plot in my head. Uh, I just had no plot hooks to really throw at the party. Or if I did, I didn't know how to do it in a way that they might actually enjoy going there. And I was not okay with them hijacking my story. Ah. Oh, no. Jeez. My story. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, actually- I still thought it was my story. Uh, even though I didn't do anything to actually write it. Add that to a party which included a rogue min-maxer who shot what we called Patriot Arrows. They never miss. Yes. So he was in school during Desert Storm? Or <laughs> probably just at 3.0, you know, it was... Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Not that long after. That came out, what, 2000? 99? Yeah, Desert Storm was in, like, 92. 93. It still was in the lexicon, I would say. Yeah. And Patriot Missiles are still around, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, sure. they still don't hit anything. It was all propaganda. <laughs> Drop uh, a scud right there. <laughs> no. <clears throat> a warlock rules lawyer. If anyone recalls the reality of a warlock from three five, you know my pain. I don't. Uh, it, who was, it was t- bad? Yeah, no. 
uh, who was totally fine throwing down AOE spells with allies in the way. <laughs> yeah. Rock that, on. That guy. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Look, dude, but you got to send the half. When that's just your standard operating procedure, it's not so good. I'm in 5e, there's a feat you can take so that you, you can you'll miss it. Yeah. You'll miss the, your friends. I would not take that feat. No, neither would I. Yeah. It's uh, uninteresting. <laughs> A player who I'm still not sure why she was playing, since she was never able to care enough to even remember that it was a d20 that needed to be rolled. <laughs> and in general, a party who had difficulty coming to even the smallest agreements on anything. All of that made for a terrible campaign, which ended when the warlock couldn't get over his talking item fetish enough to not put on the mask, which he had been told was an evil deity locked of old locked away for his crimes. He was instantly taken over by the mask. It turned green, and it turned into a horrible movie. With the dog. Yes. Uh, I actually did not have him hand me his character sheet, though. Instead, I took him out to the hall and told him that he was now casting spells as a 20th level sorcerer wizard gestalt. He entombed every last one of the party. More stories from that group in the future. This really sounds like my, my college group. <laughs> Maybe you were there. That's there was so one awesome. guy named Hozier Rob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the girl that couldn't figure out how to roll dice. Oh, I'll show you. I'll show you how to roll dice, big boy. <laughs> Since then, after realizing the level of pushback there really had been from the group, I did not run a game for a great deal of time. I flunked out of college. Took that drinking seriously, uh, but I did get an acting degree at another college, which is just as good as flunking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Step and, two. And where if you drink a lot, it actually. Promotes you, yeah. Then I finally stopped drinking. Thanks again for the Drink Till I Die song. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a request for the ending. Um, So after finally getting my life together and having a job and played enough games to go away from the murder murder hobo reality of high school gaming, I finally decided that I was ready to go back to GMing. I had a few forays into one-shots here and there where in one case I managed to incredibly over-prep a scenario for a gladiatorial type fight and actually gave one PC seriously overpowered positioning. I ran into a number of issues like woefully screwing up my NPCs so that they almost invariably died at the hands of the party even if they were built for combat. Uh, I kept myself from throwing out rails though. I want to go back to GMing though. I want to run a campaign. My group here wants me to run a game. I started one but I'm still worried about all of the pitfalls that have shown up In the past, particularly since my life is very busy right now, I'm writing a novel. Actually, the one that was originally going to be that game from college. That's awesome. There you go. Everyone tells you, go ahead and write a novel. He's doing it. Super pissed off. Players fucked up my game. I'm going (laughs) to write the real story. Uh, So how do I get the portion of the story across that I want to? I now have PCs who would absolutely follow the plot hooks if they were there and worthy, without forcing it one way or the other. Also being able to prep a game when there's almost no time in the schedule for it. Well, this has been a much longer email than I intended. Thank you guys for all that you do. Keep happy, keep jacking. Sincerely, Trelk. P.S. I can't remember if I did a P.P.S. P.P.S. Ah, yes, there it is. (laughs) Okay, he solved his own problem right there. Yeah. He wants to know how to get his story through. And he also... Says he doesn't want, he doesn't have a lot of time to prep, so how do I prep without the time? <clears throat> stop writing the goddamn story. Yeah. Yeah, yep. stop prepping. Come up with problems. 
come up with NPCs, come up with the world, come up with bad guys who have their own plots. You can't, you can't determine if you're being a good GM, you can't determine what the story is going to be because you're only one small part of it. Your protagonists are going to have a lot to do with what the story is going to be because the action is going to be wherever they are. To make it even simpler, you break it down to specifics. I always call it a scene. There's an evil wizard in a tower. You have to get him. And that's as far as you go as a prep. Right. Well, I think he's talking more on like a, a long, long arcing the, scale. Yeah. You have bad guys. They have a plan. Yep. There's your prep. What? Okay, what are they going to do this week? What part of the plan might the players see? Yep. Don't try, to, don't try to shoehorn it so the players get there. If the players don't find that... That plan marches on. Also, and, and then one day it becomes a maybe not maybe an insurmountable problem, or it becomes a big shitstorm that they suddenly have to deal with. You could start small, and then once your players have come up with characters, take stuff from their backstory and make that into your overarching story. Heaven forbid that you would actually involve your players. So if one of your players is the bastard son of, of a, a minor nobility, hell, right there. All of a sudden, you've got assassins coming after him. You, maybe his family's been wiped out. There's all this stuff that could happen that you can now glom onto. Oh, yeah. It's a simple Absolutely. little phrase. Uh, bastard son of nobility. He doesn't know who his father is. Bam. Right there, he can be involved in international politics. And not even know why. And not even know why. The story of Star-Lord. Yep. <laughs> so, so... What you guys are talking about from from a from a high level perspective, I totally get. You know, from an overarching, from a long story campaign. But if we get down to the nitty gritty, if we get down to, we have a game on Tuesday night. On Wednesday through Monday, it's tough for me to plan. It's tough for stuff. You know, obviously you have to come up with, as Stork said, scenes. You have to come up with where they are. You have to come up. And I think the hardest part for me is coming up with the with the the challenges of that of that next game which are usually battles of some sort or something along those lines and i know Stu, like a lot of times you guys can go because you have such heavy role players you'll go a lot of times three sessions without a battle or something like that we, ha- we ended up having a fight in the last it's not up i don't want to spoil anything but in the last dandy game we had a fight i pulled out of my ass okay so then so then how how do you get comfortable enough or or adept enough to be able to do that, whether it's not preparing but having it in your back pocket. I'll tell you what I did last Monday is I had that basically they got to this place and there was a siege going on. And they knew one of the people that was involved on one side of the siege. They decided to help them, so they decided to join in. And when they decided to have their massive attack and, you know, breach the walls of the keep, uh, I let the party basically be the spear, the tip of the spear, and go rush in and and do that all that thing. What I did is I took another combat encounter that I had made a, a long while before mm-hmm. that um, I had never used, and I bumped up the numbers because I bumped up the stats because it was it was when they were first level characters that when it might have happened. So I bumped the stats up some, I bumped up the hit points some, the AC. And made it so it was a little more of a challenge. Still, it was kind of a cakewalk, but it was a little, little, little more dangerous. And and then I threw a, threw a like a one major character that I happened to, to to have, like in my back pocket. And I, I I had a fight ready in minutes, like two minutes or three minutes. Okay. So I just took something else that I hadn't gotten to. But even if it was something I had gotten to. And I've got, you know, they, they, they fight a lot of whites in this game. 
I can take a white, and I can take away a bunch of its magical powers, and it's a guy with a sword. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just have to kind of nudge down the XP when they if they kill him. Um, and, and that's just a f- familiarity with the with the with the uh, encounter design in the game. D and D's a little different because there is the whole question of XP, and I, we've been kind of trying to follow that. Um, but if you weren't worried about that kind of thing, it's even easier. I mean, you just make sure. it. If you know the game system, you just make up a, a cup, whatever couple of stats you need for something. And you go. I mean, my prep for the most part now. I tend to do most of my prep the night after the, the night of the game, after the game's over. I will sit down in OneNote and I'll just write out a paragraph of what I think is going to happen in the next game. Like I said, what I think is going to happen in the next game, okay. or what the next encounter might be. Um, and then if I have time, I will at some point go through the monster manual or go through the DMG and work up the stats for whatever thing it is I think they're going to be fighting uh, if I have the time. But if I don't, I can sit there and do that You know, in the half hour we bullshit before we start, we start actually playing. If you have uh, a character designer, like uh, like I use w- with our Freak Show, I think I use Hero Designer and maybe something else, a lot of those things come in with NPCs in it. You can get guardsmen, you can get dogs, you oh, can yeah. get uh, civilians. And uh, what I've often done with the Freak Shows is just printed up two or three civilians, two or three guards, yep. and just have them there. Uh, the other thing is with D&D, and uh, you reminded me when you were talking about this, Rob, I, I remember back when we were playing Champions, I would drag out characters that I had rolled in my spare time because it was always fun to just come up with characters and they yeah. would be my villains. Oh, so cool. I would drag out things that I had rolled up or whatever you know, I had in my notebook. Oh, right, so he's now the villain. Um, and th- I did the same thing with D&D. I'd pull out old characters and just reskin them really quickly. Yeah, That's I mean, exactly what Stu did. Yeah. Uh, uh, Crow? Is it Crow? Sure. Croch. Croch. Uh, an easy way to, to go is to plan for three paths for each game. With games like 5e, you have many of the same enemies statted out. Just plot three. One to advance the story, one to chase a player thread, and plenty of things in case they run off screen. So I, I think I think what I'm getting here is... is not a bad idea. Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a really good idea, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, but... But I think what I'm what I'm hearing from everybody is there's not necessarily if you're busy and if you have a lot of disparate time and a, and a, and a hectic schedule, don't I need to set aside four hours in order to prepare for the game or anything like that. It's half an hour here to roll up characters. Yeah. It's you know the drive to work to think about okay where are they going to go? Let me write down a couple of notes when I get to work or you know what can I do from a backstory standpoint. And things along that. So, mm-hmm. so from that standpoint, don't worry about "quote unquote" prep time. Just let the week take you where it will, and just know that you've got to have a couple things in your back pocket when when it comes up. Yeah, and if you're worried about a scene, um, let the players come up with that themselves. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you you certainly still have control. It's like you put them in the town, and there's an evil wizard, so you know that much. And whether they choose to follow him or not, uh, maybe they befriend him. But you know, you, so you know, you can set up some of the people in the town, maybe the innkeep, maybe the wizard, and you set up a couple of townspeople, and that's all you need to do. You're there, and then let the players choose what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Tyler's in the chat room. And yeah. if you feel like you have extra time to prep, don't try and f- shoehorn in your no. story. No, just be like, you know what. <laughs> 
maybe I should flesh out this town down the way. Uh-huh. Like figure out who lives in that town, who's the mayor of that town. Or if you've got a if you got a big villain, say, "Oh, what who what could be an interesting like minion that he might sure. send out to go after the party?" I'll stat up that guy and and his and his cohorts that go with him. And then you have an encounter that you can use in case, you know, the party happens to actually gain notice of your main villain. He can mm-hmm. send Darth Vader out with his stormtroopers. And, and I'm still a big fan of repurposing uh, other people's sources material, oh, yeah. you know. I like that. There's even stuff from 4E. You can take all those maps, all those plot ideas, running through the sewers, even the villain ideas, and just, just take those whole cloth and take them, and you can come up with your own stats. But it, uh, coming up with scenarios and stuff is easy. It's That's kind of the fun part for me is coming up with that situation. But don't get hung up on it. I mean... I'm terrible at it. I get so caught up in it, I start statting out the blacksmith and start drawing out the town and where the stalls are for the market. I love that stuff, and I get uh, carried away. And it's easy to do, but don't. You're you arty, don't too. To. I what? You're I'm very art- artsy. Well, so. yeah, and I like the, you know, I like the, I like that world-building thing. That's the, the most fun to it's me. It's a lot of fun to build worlds. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't need to build stories. Just build worlds. Yeah. Like you're right. Let your players build the stories. That's that's a very succinct point. Yes. All right. Should we call it? Wow. Yeah. We're Eighty-seven minutes, and we got fair tomorrow. So yeah. yeah. So sh- shows will be a little shorter than they have been. Thawi. Do you have a fair schedule of of what you're going to be doing? Uh, not yet. No, that schedule usually doesn't come out until the week at, week of opening. Oh, I meant I meant as far as the podcast goes during. We're going to be on Friday nights. Still. I may skip a couple if I start getting exhausted. Okay. Uh, not sure yet, but. It's been it'll, be fr- it'll be on Fridays through the end of May. Ferris hasn't even started least. yet, and we're already yawning. Listen to us. Yeah. I know. It's an old man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call it. We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 14 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Dave. I don't have pie anymore, and I'm Rob. And we would like to thank EasyRollerDice.com for sponsoring this episode. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, go go support them. EasyRollerDice.com. Happy Jacks is their their, uh, coupon code. All caps. All caps, we think. Uh, and that's it. So thank you very much. See you next week at happyjacks.org slash live around 8 or 8.30 on Friday, Pacific Time. And we'll leave you with a song. Podcast will be As I were out drinking one sweet summer's night, I spied a young lassie, a glorious sight. I told her I loved her, I told her we'd wed, but just before dawn I slipped out of her bed. Hey, hi, ho! And left with a sigh The day that I went Is the day that I die Her father came looking To slaughter me dead The rogue who did pilfer Her sweet maiden 
and he swore that soon I would pay. But he turned his back, that's when I ran away. Hey, hidey ho, hey, hidey hi, the day that I wed is the day that I die. Her da was a drinker, twas easy to fly. The day that I wed is the day that I die. Her mother went calling upon me, old da. She spoke of me exploits, the worst she dare saw. So father sat down, put his hand on her knee. It seems this young apple fell close to the tree. Hey, hidey ho, hey, hidey hi. The day that I wed is the day that I die. Old da said this birdie was well worth the try. The day that I wed is the day that I die. And then her three brothers came hunting me down. I snuck out the window and there made a sound. I ran through fair England to old London town. And now I'm a sailor, a servant of the crown. Hey, hidey ho, hey, hidey hi. The day that I wed is the day that I die. I fight for good Bessie from morning to night. The day that I wed is the day that I die. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.